0: Welcome to the 31st episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast with your host, Brent Hershey and me, Chris Blessing. This week, we'll be talking about some raised prospects I saw last week. Plus, breaking down the Rays organization further by tackling how they use prospects and other young players once they come up to the major leagues. Brent, uh, I understand you went to a game last night. Is that correct? I did.
1: That is right. Tuesday night, uh, I was going up to Reading to uh, catch the Reading Phil, the Flaton Fills in the Altoona Curve, um, the Pittsburgh and Philly. Uh, first one of the year, a little late late start but uh, excited about it and um got up there and it was raining and I sat in the <laughs> car and it rained some more and I was like ah this doesn't look good and uh, after sitting around about an hour when the uh when the opposing teams, you know, when the visiting team's bus like gets re <laughs> like it's like comes out of the parking lot like I'm sitting right next to it and goes over towards the uh clubhouse I'm thinking Uh, I, I, You know, at 7.30 or whatever it was, I'm thinking uh, we're not playing baseball tonight. And so, yes, it was my first game and my first rainout. So, such a dude.
0: I actually am not doing any games this week. Um, Wilmington is in town here in Rome. And I don't want to take away any coverage from brent since it's thirty-five oh, yeah. minutes away i mean we're looking at some of the best <laughs> prospects on this nationals high a team um Sorry, i had to look uh, up a bunch of guys um uh, the only guy i knew in the rotation was tim kate and yeah. um like that's not necessarily a, a big name to know i think i only know that from my amateur coverage yeah. a few years ago so
1: yeah. um i think i think you're- i think you're safe to stay at home uh from what i've seen i'll you know I'll be heading down there some because I do the cover the nationals but it's uh, it's certainly not uh not an exciting group of uh of nationals so far at least at this point um down yeah. there hi not
0: not at all not at all well anyway, the rays are our subject this week, so they are one of the most unique organizations I think we can agree on that right yep. Yes, I'm yeah, um, sure. I mean, nobody kind of does things like the Rays. And when people catch up to them, it's usually the Rays are already onto something else. So they're always on the cutting edge and they kind of practice player development and scouting and evaluation differently than anyone else. Uh it's hard to crack the code, uh, to be honest. Uh you can see little trends here and there. And we'll talk about those trends as I get to the live looks, but even you know, before that, too. Um You'll see these elements throughout baseball uh, that they've introduced. I mean, for instance, packing a pen full of guys throwing from different angles and slots. Uh, the Dodgers, the Rays, uh, all of these clubs are now doing this. It's, it's the new invoke thing. Um, and, you know, the Rays were kind of the ones that revolutionized that. Um, they optimize platoons so well, uh, which makes debuting prospects' expectations a little different. Um, so there's been two rookies this year who have seen time with the Rays, and each one has struggled getting going um Brent, what can you tell us about uh what's going on with Josh Lowe, who I believe is in the minor leagues right now, and Vidal Brujon, the utility um player um that is currently up with them right now
1: yeah they <clears throat> i mean the thing about the Rays and you know about how we look at all of this stuff of course is that we as fantasy players need to understand kind of how the major league teams are, are going to use these guys. Um, and as you mentioned, the Rays do their own thing, win their own games It's successful. Um, but it's, it's often, uh, in a way that makes it, uh, difficult (laughs) for us as fantasy players to kind of, uh, know how to best capitalize on that. So yeah, coming into the season, two of the biggest, uh, prospects that were ready, um, you know on the on the hitting side certainly for the Rays were uh bruhan and and uh and low um and lowe started uh, started and made the club with a great spring training um and and then uh pretty much hit the skids from <laughs> from the start uh he started in eighteen of the first twenty two games um he 's a left handed hitter um and you know, they, they weren't a strict platoon, uh, with him. Uh, I think in the, in the four, in the 22 games that he was, when he was up the uh, race place, faced five lefties, uh, and he faced two of them, um, went over 12 with two walks. Um, and overall just was, was not able to get it gone. Hit 188, uh, 260, 257 on base and a 344, uh, slugging. And so, um, you know that that lasted that experiment lasted all twenty two games they sent uh him back down um i you know it's it's so hard to know uh he was low was a little bit under the radar um in as far as prospects that we expected to kind of contribute this year uh some of us drafted him in kind of deeper leagues hoping uh for that that he he'd be able to hit the ground running yeah. and 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 just certainly didn't. Um so that's uh for for now, I mean we're just we we as fantasy players just kinda have to wait and hope that he makes uh adjustments down at triple A and when he gets the next shot, which, you know, I think could be uh could be at some point this year again, uh hope those kind of uh are more fruitful um for us as fantasy players.
0: I mean we've seen struggles from a lot of the prospects this year. They're you know Nobody has uh, really beaten the cover off the ball, especially offensively. Um, Just not seen this sort of production. Uh, Lowe is kind of a a crazy guy in the sense that he's made so much strides over essentially the last three or four years. Uh, I mean, this guy was a heavy swing and miss guy at one point in his career. And while it's still there, and I mean, we kind of kind of got exposed in the uh, major leagues and even since then. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about a guy who looked like he was going to be striking out 40 percent of the time. Um, and, and there's still that danger there with him as well. Um, he's very good athlete. He's a guy that can play all three uh, outfield positions and play them well. Uh, there's power in his swing and in his frame. Uh He's a guy that I kind of anticipated potentially struggling with this uh aggressive assignment uh and it, i don't i mean I, uh, he dominated in uh triple a last year but as everybody knows and juiced ball in the uh, um triple a which is i mean what we're seeing what we've been seeing for several years you know uh so like it's harder and harder to really under really see how these guys are gonna be translating to the big leagues. Um, yeah. As, as for the other guy, uh, Vidal Brujon, he is a guy that I've seen a lot and I'm very surprised about uh, him struggling at this point. Uh, what can you tell us about him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's <clears throat> kind of since his, he played whatever one game back in April and then he sent him back down. And, but since, since he's been reactivated, he's played in about 20 to 25 of the games uh, that the Rays have had since, uh, well, about a month, since um, May 10th. Uh, and and he's just struggled, too. I mean, it's it's 129, uh, 192 on base, uh, 171 slugging, uh, basically, you know, three doubles. This is somebody we didn't, you know, doesn't have the power uh, that uh, Lowe does. Uh, we didn't expect a ton, um, but certainly expected uh, more than this. I mean he's a uh, you know, unlike uh, unlike Lowe is a is a switch hitter and he's been evenly bad against both. And I'm I'm really surprised that they're still running him out there. I mean, I know they've had uh, you know, they've had some injuries uh in that infield. Wanda Franco obviously is down, um and Brandon Lau uh has been out. Um but it's uh it's still it's a, a rough way for kind of uh, Brujan to um to get acclimated, uh, here yeah. when he's, when he's, uh, doing that bad. Um, and you know, someone, someone like, uh, wow, had Josh Lau had, uh, done similar, you know, had a similar bad stretch that they sent him back down. So too, um, so he, Bruhan's versatile, obviously very athletic, uh, big speed guy we expect at, at some point. Um, but it, it really, You know, Bruhan. For me, I get asked about him a lot in some of the chats that I do each week, um, which aren't necessarily prospect-oriented, but people are, you know, more fantasy-oriented people wondering about the prospects. And and I've just come to the place with, you know, with the Rays and with Bruhan. It's is is a good example. It's just so hard to kind of figure out uh, how they're gonna if if the Rays are gonna use him in a way, players like that in a way. Uh, that are productive for us as fantasy players um, because they move guys around so much. They do do a lot of strict platooning. They haven't, you know, they didn't do that with either Lau or Bruhan uh, when they when they first I mean, these guys came up this year. But they've got a history of that with T Man Choi, um, with Brandon Lau earlier in his career, um, with Austin Meadows. Uh, you know, a whole whole list of guys where uh, they did you know, kind of do some more uh strict platooning and that that you know, those at bats that you lose from a fantasy perspective are uh are tough to kind of make up.
0: It's very difficult to see Brujan in the way that he is right now.
1: Uh I I was very hopeful.
0: He he just doesn't seem like the same guy he was back in uh back before the pandemic. Uh he had this home run explosion last year in April and you know I kind of Took that as, okay, we've got a new skill here. He's uh, hitting home runs, hitting for power. And then it just messed up his swing the entire season. And I don't, I don't think he's gotten back to to his spray ways. Uh, his yeah. like, serving the ball to left field, right field. Um, you know, working the whole field uh, He just doesn't seem like the same hitter And what's also surprising Is how much he's been caught stealing I mean, this is a guy that last year At Durham was successful Like, he got caught eight times In uh, in, in What, 50-something 50 Attempts, 52 right. attempts yeah. Yeah. Uh, So far this year in AAA In 11 attempts, he's been successful Six times And then in the, in the majors, he's one for four Um, So, like, people were uh, depending on him to at least get some stolen bases. And one stolen base with this slash line, uh, it might be time to potentially drop him um, in shallower leagues. I would still kind of hold on to him as a dynasty asset in uh, bigger leagues, um, you know, bigger formatted leagues. Yeah. But still, like this is, and and this goes along with the whole, you know, the Rays running things a little differently. So, yeah, um, you know, it's always interesting.
1: Um, yeah, it's just like, it's, yeah, just like I said, it's, it's sort of it's it's tough to, tough to be as a fantasy player, tough to sort of be able to count on the Rays, uh, you know, for what for what their guys are going to be able to do because of how of how much how many different moving parts. Uh, there are or have been in their uh, you know in their recent history so let's uh let's move to, to the one of the reasons this is a raise kind of episode is that uh you have a bunch of live looks of raised guys uh i think you saw bowling green their high a affiliate uh, sometime in the past week um got the chance to see them and uh you have a list here of uh of rays from from that squad. And so, you know, I think it's, it's important to kind of keep, uh, keep Josh Lowe and um, Vidal Brujan's experience kind of in mind as we think about uh, what you're going to tell us about these uh, raised high A players um, as they, you know, are still a couple of years away, but will soon be populating uh, possibly some of our fantasy rosters. So it looks like first you have a uh, first baseman for us. Uh, what can you tell us about Kyle Manzardo? yeah so
0: I got to see uh the Rays high a squad, Bowling Green, as you said, and I got to see a bunch of uh major league type prospects, guys that we've talked about and as you all know, the Rays organization's deep every year, I get to cover about forty of them in the MLBA. they're they're my way to cover the holes and other organizations that are shallow um so Kyle Manzardo is a guy that I covered last year he's twenty one year old um it was second round pick last year uh in the draft out of washington state university we don't hear too many baseball players coming out of there i think he's a native of idaho i'm not 100 percent sure um but he's a guy that always seemed to hit uh in the pac 12 in complex league he probably had the best debut of any of their hitters uh, from the draft um and so far this year he did spend some time on the injured list, but um he's slashing 312, 391, 610 slugging. He has seven home runs. He hit a home run, uh hit home run today, he hit a home run yesterday. Um, and this is after I kind of said he had fringe average power. So this mm-hmm. is gonna be fun here. 13 extra base hits in 25 games. Uh the one thing, and and this is a hard thing, like I don't love throwing out plus hit tools um, often. I mean, what I mean by that is it, it really puts an expectation on a guy um, when you throw out a sixty hit or even higher. Um, Kyle Manzardo has a sixty hit tool. It's a very quiet setup. He gets his hands quickly to the hit position, and he has this balance and timing where it seemingly he waits at the hitting protect um, um, the hitting position to unload. His swing, um, and it, it's a very uh, you know he's he's like six one ish. It, it's a very short, compact swing for for a guy like this, and he'll allow the the ball to travel. Um, does is not afraid to use the opposite field. He reads spin well for a guy in high A. Like I don't really think that this guy should be in high A that long. I think if he was healthy, he would probably already be in double A, which is a pretty you know, for uh, a second round pick in last year's draft, it's a pretty, you know, substantial place to be. He also um, responds well to the different heights that guys are throwing at. Um, uh, specifically, I saw him against Roy Bur Salinas, um, and Salinas likes to work up in the zone. And, um, you know, Manzardo just kind of, um, you know, ambushed him and got a hard hit single on, on a ball that was uh, above the... Um, Above the letters uh, in the scouted Ooh. game um so the power is average power potential fringe average right now um and it could play up because of the hit tool and we've talked on here several times about how a guy with a plus hit tool that might not have the mechanics to hit for a lot of power um eventually um gets into it and in, in this case this guy has a very flat plane but there's already high exit velocity. I haven't seen any of its exit velocity stats this year, but I saw some last year, saw some from college, um, and and saw it with my own eyes. This guy consistently gets the hard contact. It might be on the ground. It might be a line drive, a low line drive, but he consistently gets there and he finds holes with it. Um, so it's just a matter of tapping into some of this, um, some some uh, additional loft some launch angle. And, um, you know, this could take this guy with fringe average potential now that may be average to above average. And if he's a plus hitter, that makes him somewhat interesting in fantasy. So I, I'm going to give him a potential rating of 8D. I actually talk about him um, in an article this week about scouting first base. Um, I didn't do my normal Um, Scouting report from the field, I wanted to concentrate on first base because I think that there's been a lot of movement in in rankings this year. And I think some people are kind of blaming us prospect guys to not identifying specifically potential breakouts uh, among first basemen or getting high on a guy that doesn't end up panning out. Um, uh, you know, first base prospects, especially first base only prospects like Manzardo, um, you know, must hit to get there. But like, I really believe he's an average player if the power doesn't come, uh, because of the high, um, average player in fantasy because of the high, Uh, contact rate the high ba potential his patience at the plate he works counts and that's going to be a theme that you hear throughout all of these hitters they work counts um and you know looking at a guy um you know we got goriel with the astros who yes had a few power explosions um probably because okay. of a juice ball, but has always been kind of counted on as a high average first baseman who does, yeah. you know, you're going to get him in the 200s 300 range in, in drafts because it, it's not the most valued tool, but when you have a bunch of power hitters that are hitting 230, 220, having oh. that 280, 290 batting average is always grand. So um, there is a worth for Manzardo. I believe he's like maybe the fourth best first base prospect out there right now, fifth, We'll we'll call him fourth or fifth, um, but again, his floor is so high that you know really truly that ceiling might be a little bit hard to get to. Um, yeah. If I was just going on floor, I'd say his floor is a six uh, A 6A and um, a pop. You know, if I go up another one, a seven B. Uh, so eight yeah. D is you know I'm not really thinking he'll get to that um, that solid major league regular in fantasy, but I do believe that he'll get to that average um, regular in fantasy fairly easily.
1: Yeah, yeah, good. Interesting uh, interesting stuff on a <clears throat> name that I wasn't as familiar with, uh, Kyle Manzardo of the Rays. Moving on, uh, next on the list is an outfielder, Alexander uh, Ovalas, I guess is how you say it. Yes. Uh, a left-on-left, uh, 21-year-old outfielder. Um, what can you tell us about uh, Ovalas?
0: So the next two guys we're going to be talking about are guys that the Rangers, actually the next three guys that we talk about, they're going to be guys that the Rays acquired from the Rangers in the Nate Lowe deal. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I think it was December of 2020. And I got great reports on all three of these guys from a complex scout contact in Arizona who had seen them in instructionals and truly the valuations that I was given really match up. Um, And with Ovalis, uh, Ovalis, um, I had ranked the top 15 prospects that were um, traded during that off season. And he would have been number 15. And then I discovered uh, Jamai Jones who got traded to the, um, to the Oriole. Baltimore Orioles at that point. Um, and I, I included him because there, there there's always been some hype with him. Uh, of course, I regret, regret that. I think of Alice as a better prospect. Um, um, but again, 21-year-old who uh, slashing 292, 393, 416 in um, high A. He got a few games and A did not do well. The Rays have no problems moving guys up and down that fill holes temporarily um, at different stops. So don't get too excited that they threw him to AAA. They probably didn't have a guy that they thought um, would handle potential struggle uh, and then come back and. You know, be in a funk because of it. Ovalis is not in a funk because of it. Um, I saw him at first base outfielder. He's a shorter stature guy, likely an outfielder long term. Nothing really stood out defensively at either position. Um, he grinds out at bats um, despite some swing and miss that's present. Um, there's average power potential here. Like I said, he's a shorter stature guy. Um, it's a matter of getting to that swing plane and, and being able to elevate the ball. Um. This guy's not as exciting as Manzardo for the fact that, of course, the hit tool's not as high. Um, Don't really know what his position is. This this guy's probably more of a... um, you know a 7c to 7d type projection um but you gotta love the fact that again high on base percentage and like you could see him working counts uh he had a late at bat against and uh, um, i can't remember the rome braves uh reliever um he's a guy that either strikes out a guy or walks a guy um and ovalis was one of the few guys that's gotten a hit off of him um like it's really wicked stuff from this guy and um Ovalis just had like a 10, 10, 10 pitch at bat, finally got um, and, and was able to use his uh, above average to plus bat speed to get to a uh, uh, fastball from a, uh, I mean, not an overpowering fastball, but um, there's a lot of length in the guy's delivery. So it's, uh, um, you know, late read on that, and it's coming from a very odd angle um, from uh, over the top angle. Um, at a very tall guy. So, like, there is something to like about Ovalis. I would like to see him, you know, maybe um, shorten up his swing plane, uh, his swing length, I should say, and um, improve his swing trajectory to get to more power. But, interesting guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Olavis uh, Basave, uh, the middle infielder, right? I, I think I had yes. uh, kind of run into him too earlier. In the uh, in the Rangers, he was with the Rangers, maybe in Lowe or something like that. But what can you? Uh, what was your impressions of him? Now he's in the Rays uh, at High A. Yeah,
0: Bassabe is an interesting guy, and he was the. Um, a lot of people kind of considered him the third piece of that deal. They had um, Roberto Her- Hernandez, uh, who we're going to be talking about next, and Alexander Ovales, uh above Bassabe. But my contact in Arizona was like. Bass, Bassett Bay is the better of the three guys, and I think most people have him ranked higher than, than those three guys at this point, including us. Um, a 21-year-old uh, slashing 313, 367, 464 with six stolen bases and 11 attempts, um, he's, he's a plus athlete um, with plus speed, um, doesn't get the best jumps even with the um, step-off rules, uh so there's there's some work to be done there. Um he's a natural shortstop, but because um the Rays have um collected every middle infielder um that you could imagine, I mean there's mm-hmm. like on this team, there's six middle infielders that all probably get time. Um so like Bassabe has played equal amounts of time at second. And third base, but from what I see, shortstop—he's an above-average shortstop. Um, I've heard he's plus at second. He was above average at third base um, in in the game that I scouted him. Um, So he has that defensive tool that's going to carry him, and that versatility that will carry him, even if like maybe the power doesn't come. Very contact-oriented bat. Again, works counts, works them deep. Just a tremendous short-to-ball spray ability. That, you know, uh, even if the swing plane isn't, and the swing plane's kind of ugly, so, like, even if it's not there, he does get to hard contact, Um, but we would like to see him use his lower half a lot better um, and, and get a, you know, a straighter plane on his, a more consistent plane on his swing. Um, there's limited power here, but like, if you look at a stature, um, there's probably maybe average power in his frame. It's just a matter of using his lower half. So, um, we can project potential double digit home run, um, output and that kind of with his speed, maybe getting to more stolen bases we're able to give him a higher projection than ovalis who ovalis is kind of an average to above average runner so um i went with an 8d with Bassabe. um and i'll just kind of um say that like he might be a little bit ahead of Menzardo on a prospect list but really only due to a position um yeah. to be able to play three positions and not be first base um is a big thing. Bassabe is also a good enough athlete if they want to put him in the outfielder. Uh, uh, they could. Um, I guess you could call him uh, Vidal Brujon um, light. Um, it mm. just it doesn't have some of the other stuff um, that um Brujon showed at the same age. So hopefully yeah. Bassabe can uh, you know do a little better than Brujon has done in his uh, little yeah. um, major yeah. league samples.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, and looking back, uh, I was, I was confusing Bay with someone else. It's not someone I had seen, uh, in low A. but the, the curious thing to me too, is that you know, in his current line, I mean, he has, you know, has some extra base pop in there. I mean, just three home mm-hmm. runs, but 12, 12 doubles, uh, two triples, um, six stolen bases, you know, in 11 attempts or whatever. So it's not, you know, the, the, uh, percentage isn't great. Um, but there's some interesting, look like some interesting skills there, like you said, from an infielder, um, that, uh, will be, will be, uh, you know, follow worthy here, uh, as he kind of climbs his way through the race system. I know the next guy, uh, was sort of seen at that time almost as a headliner, I think, of this deal. He was. Uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of buzz about, uh, Herberto Hernandez, uh, who was, I think, Way back when, wasn't he a catcher, I think, yeah. uh, at one point? Um, couldn't catch um, and since has moved to the outfield. So he's 22. Uh, some of his stats are a little bit down so far uh, compared to the other guys. Um, but obviously, there's at one point, was was some more buzz about him in general. Um, what did you see with uh, Hernandez? And uh, should this be someone that we want to tuck away or not?
0: Well, on my birthday, I caught a,
1: a foul ball from
0: Eroberto's Her- Her-
1: Her- 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 bat. So, um,
0: oh. you know, that, that was pretty cool, huh? Um, I, I threw it to a kid. The kid dropped it, and uh, another family picked it up. So, um, <laughs> But it was a perfect throw. I'm going to talk about that for a second. I threw a perfect lob to this kid, and unfortunately, he missed it. And I wish I had another ball form. Um, but i all got to Again. He's got a catch, unfortunately. So, anyway, uh, Hernandez uh, was, uh, and, you know, surprisingly, that was one of the few balls that Hernandez made contact with. Um, (laughs) 226, 326, 457, seven home runs, a 40% or more K rate. Um, mm. obviously this is a three true outcome ceiling works counts. Um, unfortunately does not have the contact that the other guys do. He's a powerful, high exit velocity hitter when he does make contact, uh, home runs seem to be down, but again, we're going on a. Um, you know, there's been a step up in competition and more and more teams are throwing up in the zone and he can't get to them. Um, the Braves are one of those organizations that have tons of guys that are, um, throwing those, um, flat plane fastballs up and he can't do a thing with them. So, uh, struggles with contact. I. I I really don't think he has too much spin issues it's um you know a lot of it is that he pulls off the uh, baseball so he, he kind of cuts off um half the plate and he's going for power um so when he does get contact he hits it very hard saw some instances of that unfortunately they ended up in the outs because he didn't have any loft to the um to those um, hits but he does have a natural uppercut swing again this is a guy that a lot of people got excited about because he was catcher Um, But if you read our our stuff on him, you knew that um, contacts on the ground in Arizona said that the Rangers had given up on him as a catching prospect and that the Rays were probably not going to um, um, continue that experiment. Um, I, I mean, he's a good athlete, like he, you know, even you know, for a guy who's known as power and didn't really cut it a catcher, he's not a bad athlete. Like I, I think that, um, you know, he could be serviceable in the, in the corner outfielder, uh, um, situation, but like apparently he just didn't have the instincts behind home plate. So if you don't have the instincts. You can't really, uh, yeah. uh stick there. So, um, I, I, I'm kind of off Hernandez. Um, he is, um, the, of this group, he's the least ranked guy, and I, I would put him at a seven D at this point. Um, could even do seven E.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, I mean, that's good. It's always helpful to kind of follow these guys, uh, see uh, if they are able to make the adjustments as they move up the ladder, and uh, the and also know the ones that aren't. So um, now I think it's fair to kind of uh, sideline Hernandez. For now anyway, uh and uh until we get another chance to see him. Uh you got, you got a couple of pictures here also. Um first one is Mason Montgomery, um, who you got a chance to see. Um one ninety five out of uh Texas Tech. Um can you tell us about Montgomery?
0: So Montgomery's a guy that's really popped up this year. Um the Rays draft pitching better than anybody else. Um, and when, when you see a guy that you're high on, go to uh, the Rays. Uh, I mean, you're going to expect good things from him. So far, this year's 21 year old at high A, uh, 167 ERA, 16.1 K to nine strikeout rate, 3.8 uh, walk to nine, and a 1.209 whip, uh, 6'2, 195 um three pitch pitch or fastball slider changeup uh velocities on the fastball 90 to 94 slider 84 to 86 changeup 82 to 85 what makes him unique is he's uh is his delivery really um delivery and his ability to throw his fastball up in the zone consistently and get swings and misses all the time, in buckets, swings and misses. Um, Slim frame uh, with very unorthodox, hitchy delivery, um, and he hides the ball really well from a high three-quarter slot. It's very late until a hitter sees the uh, baseball. That's why he's getting these swings and misses at 90 to 94. Um, Also, he commands his fastball almost exclusively up. Now, his control there is not always the greatest, but he is always up in the zone um uh, fastball is has some arm side run sometimes sometimes it has a little cut to it um again it's a flatter plane he absolutely dominates right-handed hitters working inside and um nobody's comfortable he was facing Vaughn grisham and a few other pretty decent hitters this is a um the rome braves team that has a lot of contact in their in their order so um You know, there's a lot of uh, opportunities for to really get a good judge of a high strikeout rate like Montgomery has had this year. And like they couldn't touch him, Um, these right handers could not touch him. Um, So it works inside and he commands his fastball better to the glove side, which makes sense for a lefty against righties. and and his dominant right now it's a fastball changeup combo um, almost exclusively. Uh, the changeup is uh, flat or plane as well as fl- it comes out flat, but it has some arm side run, occasional f- uh, fade, and tunnels very well um, with his fastball. Um, So much so that he can miss up and still kind of kind of that whole um, uh, when Ian Anderson is good, he can miss up with his change up. And it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, amazing thing to see just because of how he tunnels the ball, the slot it's coming out of and all that good stuff. Uh, The slider had an average break profile. Um, I really think that he, uh, you know, it's an 84 to 86 mile per hour uh, pitch. And um, I, I I just didn't think it was the cleanest pitch. Um, I, I think that we want to see more, uh, vertical drop, uh, with the pitch, uh, but again, it was a good change of pace from the other two pitches that are, we're coming at the same, um, you know, essentially on the same plane. So, um, overall I have him, uh, so his floor is kind of like a roll three up, down type guy, uh, up, down starter, uh, swing, man, that's his floor. Uh, I think that this is a major league arm, especially if he's able to um, uh, get better command and improve that slider, uh, the vertical drop on the slider. Um, but if, if he's able to do those things, there's a chance, there's an opportunity to get to a roll of five, which is for us kind of like an eight, um, eight player in fantasy. Um, and so that's essentially like a uh, mid-rotation starter. Uh, more than likely, I kind of see him as an SP4. Um, uh, but the the ability to hide the ball so late um and and you know be able to follow it up with a pretty good changeup um you know has me at an 8d but you know i could see downgrading him in a year or two to a 7c or 7b um, as he gets closer to the major leagues and as uh he faces better hitters we'll have a, a good idea of how this plays later on uh, you know kind of like a former uh, rays farmhand joe ryan <laughs> um, you know, who had a a very odd delivery and a slot, and you know, kind of flung the ball, uh, held onto the ball late, and you know, uh, from an angle, you're not necessarily and, and see the difference here is uh, Ryan. Metrically, his fastball, the spin rate and that kind of thing doesn't really play too well. It's a flatter plane, of course. Um, uh, This guy has more movement on his fastball from the left side. So, like, I'll give him a chance because he's lefty for that mid-rotation starting um, 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 profile.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking that uh, I was going to ask you. I mean, realizing it's the other-handed guy and that sort of thing but joe ryan is the one that sort of came to mind and again knowing that he came out you know he came out of the raised system here um it's uh yeah it's interesting then you would bring that that up to um guys you know up in the zone fastball uh some sort of deception thing going on that some of the metrics can't quite figure out it seems like uh the traditional metrics that we have uh use for um but that's uh yeah, Mason Montgomery is an interesting one for sure. Uh, you got a right-hander on your list, too, uh, Logan Workman, who I know you have some history with. Uh, what, can you, uh, what can you fill us in about the right-hander Logan Workman? Workman's
0: probably the guy I'm most excited about
1: personally.
0: If that makes sense, um, but yeah, of course, and, and I'll just throw out the projection right now. I have a seven C on him for our for our records. And, and why, personally, um, he's a seventh round pick out of Lee University. Lee University is a Division two school in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is about forty five minutes away from where I live. Um, and in two thousand nineteen, while scouting for an organization, uh, doing some bird dog work, I went up to um, to Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, to watch uh, another school, Valdosta State, and in the ninth inning, here comes this hard-throwing right-hander with a good fastball and a good slider, and um, I identified him, um, which is a rush in the sense that here he is succeeding right now at high A, low A, is a Uh 1.34 ERA, a 10.1 strikeout to 9, a 1.9 walk to 9, and 0.872 0.872 whip. Um, it's, yeah. it's un, it's, uh, it, it validates me as an evaluator um, to see a guy before anybody else did. And I'm going to say I saw him before any other um, organizational scout saw him. And yes, I did not help the Rays out, and I helped out another team. Um, and then I saw him again in 21 for the same org and uh, liked him even more. Uh, in college, uh six foot four 215 that's where he's at right now uh fastball slider was his primary go-to in college and uh, you know i was asked by one of the scouts that i've worked with um to kind of um imagine him uh how would you imagine him in a d1 um program and i said that you know i saw him more as like a sunday starter so a number three starter in a, in a um, you know scc program or a high-stakes reliever um, with that fastball slider in college. Um, as we know, the Rays are pitching whisperers. And I did see a change up in in um, in college, but it wasn't really a good change up. Um his changeup is borderline his best pitch now. Um fastball's 92, 94, touching uh, 95. It's getting swings and misses up uh, again with his, um, you know, pitching vertically um, and getting that flatter plane. He has some arm time action on it. Um, Again, you know, he doesn't have the deception as the lefty Montgomery. Uh, He does have a longer arm uh, circle, uh, but still has average to above average command um, on his fastball. Despite having a little bit longer arm circle, um, he he does very well um, keeping those balls up. Uh, in a game that I saw him again, let's talk about these contact hitters for the Rome Braves. Um, he had his lowest strikeout performance in that game, and like it was a good barometer to see where he was at. Um, yep. Having been an advanced guy facing guys that um, that. Are much younger than him in low A and even in high A Um, uh, the slider hasn't backed up it's about the same of where it was it's 80 to 83 it's probably an average pitch that might play up in uh, a bullpen situation um, the changeup, however, and I sent this to a scouting contact that also had seen him and said, do you remember this? And he was like, no, man. He's like the Rays, man. They they, they get everything out of everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So this was a great development situation. His changeup had consistent fading action. It was a uh, it looked like a 55 pitch right now. Um the, the difference is is again he doesn't have the fastball to blow people away and 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 all of that kind of stuff but like this changeup is potentially a plus pitch um, so looking at him you know through the eyes trying to be unbiased because um, you know this is a guy that I hold uh, his development as a as some sort of barometer that I know what I'm doing um <laughs> but I'm gonna say that this is a major league arm um, I don't know right now if he's a starting pitcher or not. I would like to see some more velocity to get to that. Um he did touch 95. I'd like to see consistently in the 93, 95 range. I'd like to see the slider get a little better to get to that part. Um, but this is a major league arm and this the I, I fully believe that this is at least a late inning reliever um in the major leagues and at worst maybe a floor of a up down guy. So Like this is another guy and you're going to hear this on and on about this Rays team. Um, This is a guy that has the potential to, um, you know, be a a cog in their machine. He throws from an arm slot. That's different than, than, um, you know, a little different with the longer arm circle. Um, So like when he, when he releases the ball, you know, again, it's a timing thing and the rays love that sort of thing. So um, here's another guy that, isn't your traditional dude and he is in the Rays organization. So we could expect him in the big leagues at some point, probably even 2023 season, but definitely by the 2024 season.
1: Yeah. My prediction is he'll be one of these guys for the Rays in 2024 that comes out of nowhere, you know, is pitching out of the bullpen, gets a couple of saves, gets a big fad bid for a couple of weeks, um, you know, and, and (laughs) and, and it's just like, Everyone just rolls their eyes and just, you know, you just know that you, when when uh, the the Rays find these guys and they kind of develop them, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's kind of how they how they operate. So it's uh, yeah, certainly exciting for him and for you uh, yes. to have him in this organization and know uh, the success that they've had uh, in uh, getting the most out of the players. Uh, yeah, I, have-
0: I really I really wanted to write him up for MLBA and I thought that it was uh too much bias to do that. He had a great um um complex uh season, but there weren't any reports about this changeup. So like I kind of saw him as a guy that was yeah. A- yeah. in the projection six you know bucket at that point. So uh okay. did not write him up. And I'm still glad I didn't because um I this was as big of a surprise for me
1: as uh could be. Yeah. Good. Uh, you have a quickly have a trio of three other guys you want to just, uh, run through. Um, and of course, you know, embarrassment of riches, the, uh, the race system again. Uh, Uh, yeah, just fill us in on these three, uh, more guys you have.
0: So Patrick Wicklander's a lefty, uh, lower slot guy, um, you know, low three-quarter slot, fastball 91, 93. Uh, he touched four and five, very flat playing, natural arm side run. Uh, only delivered results with the fastball up. You know, we talked about Mason Montgomery and Logan Workman working up. They still got some swings and misses down. Uh, so, you know, not necessarily um, the... The swing and miss guy with the fastball as Montgomery and maybe even as Workman. Uh, but then again, interesting angle. Commands his fastball pretty well and has a three-pitch mix. Um, I've heard people like the slider a little better. I actually like the curveball. Um, if he gets some more velocity on that curveball, I think it could be a very good weapon for form. Um, came out of the University of Arkansas. Was actually, I think, drafted after Workman. Montgomery, Workman, and Wicklander all went. Were you know back to back to back. Um, hmm. Second guy, uh, Alika Williams, uh, shortstop. Unfortunately, got hurt in the game. But I've heard some really good things about him. Um, he was um, a college drafted guy um, and a guy that you know kind of keep an eye on um, as well. But unfortunately, um, left the game. Don't know why. He's now on the injured res- uh, injured list. So um, another um, then his replacement, Ronnie Simon. Uh, again, as I said, the the Rays are bleeding middle infielders. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, Ronnie Simon was a speedy bat. Um, he needs to cut down on his swing length, and he's a bit aggressive. But there's some versatility, and of course, he has a stolen base acronym. And so, um, you know, this is a guy that's interesting. He's a versatile guy. I think he's a guy that could make the major leagues Um, They acquired him in the Jordan Ludlow deal. Um, The D-backs had acquired him in the Andrew Chafin deal. So, like, this guy's gone around uh, a few different places. Uh, So that's my look at the Rays High A team. Um, We're going to go ahead and conclude our show by what we normally do, and that is to take a look at where we'll be uh, this week. And we're talking about Wednesday, so we might not be anywhere. Um, Brent, lead us off.
1: Yeah, uh, the only thing for me now, and given that my that I struck out once uh, last night in Reading, is there's a possibility I may be able to get back to Reading to see the Altoona team uh, and and Reading as well over the weekend at some point. Uh, uh, still kind of making plans for that. Yeah, um, and that, that Altoona team is there's some interesting guys on there. Of course, Henry Davis is on the DL. Uh, Nick Gonzalez on the DL also. Uh, But there's several other uh, interesting pirates there. Um, And some of their pitchers are uh, position players. And some of their pitchers are interesting as well. And, of course, uh, uh, Logan Ohapi is doing uh, really well. Um, He started out. uh, Catcher for the Phillies is at Reading also. Um, So, anyway, we we will see uh, if that materializes uh, or not. Uh, What about you this week or these next bunch of days?
0: I am riding the pine. Um, As I said before, I'm leaving you with all the great Wilmington looks. And since it's a 35-minute drive for you, and I don't feel like going 50 minutes to see them once. Um, So anyway... I will wait for my tour next week, which will be covering Biloxi, and we'll probably talk about that a little more on next week's broadcast. It's the Brewers Double A team, but I do have a podcast appearance coming up. Uh, It's uh, this weekend. It's going to be on the Dynasty Sports Life. Uh, That's a uh, in this league network podcast, and it's hosted by Fantrax uh, Jesse Severe who uh, has been at the last few uh, first pitch events in Uh Arizona and the guy that I got to know last year. And I'm really looking forward to this appearance, talking about my own experiences in uh, Dynasty. And we'll probably talk about a bunch of players. I told them just fire off guys and I'll do the research for them uh, if I don't know them. So, um should be exciting uh, thing. Um, I'm going to throw this in here real quick. Uh, there's been a lot of interest recently about um, the conference, the first pitch Arizona conference. And I know that the dates had already been announced, but um, you know, you guys baseball HQ put out um, some more information that there's going to be information coming soon. What are the dates Brent for, for first pitch Arizona and where is uh, do you have the venue already uh, decided?
1: Yep. Yeah. The dates are, uh, November three through six. That, uh, <clears throat> that first weekend in November, um, will obviously be, uh, in conjunction with the Arizona fall league. The, uh, will be, will be the venue will be the, uh, uh Sheraton Wrigleyville there, uh, where it was, uh, for those that were there last year, um, which is right next to, um, the Cubs. Complex and the Mesa Stadium, which is one of the AFL stadiums. Excuse me, we'll have registration open later this month or around the 1st of July. Nice. Um, We, I, I, uh, you know, we will have uh, certainly look forward to. I think it's going to be, you know, really exciting now that hopefully we're mainly uh, past the uh, COVID um, situation. I mean, I know it's still. Uh, going on and affecting some people, uh, but not quite like it's been in the past couple of years. So we're uh, excited to see, uh, especially with all the folks that are, uh, have shown interest in the past, and I know others that have wanted to come, uh, will be interested, be excited to uh, gather with a big group there again. So again, so uh, November 3 through 6, we'll be hearing a mm-hmm. lot more about it uh, from us, as well as on the Baseball HQ website over the next uh, month. And uh, for those of you that are planners, uh, just block off that that weekend. And uh, it would be great to meet you all, uh, whether it's first time or uh, second or third time out at uh, First Pitch Arizona. I'm excited because I'll be
0: able to go to the whole thing this year. Um, Being able to, you know, you guys moving it to the first week of November has uh, made it not be a conflict with one of my other jobs uh, conferences. So I'll be able to do both without having to rush. Last year, I rushed from 6 a.m. flight out of Phoenix, landed in Atlanta, (laughs) connected to Chattanooga, went home for a half hour, picked up a company vehicle, drove two hours to the mountains of Georgia for a conference. So, um, and then had to entertain that night. So that was, um, that was a very unique experience on like two hours of sleep after, you know, hanging out with all the, all the folks there. So anyway, Thank you for joining us on this week's Eyes Have It podcast. Always a blast to do this. Um, thank you to everyone who listened to this episode and all of our episodes. We'd love to hear from you. You can ask us questions at the It at baseballhq.com. Or you can reach us, reach out to us. And I still haven't replaced this in our script. Uh, not on Twister, but on Twitter. Uh, Brent is at Brent hq and you can reach me at c underscore blessing first time listening to our pod click subscribe to get to future episodes um rate us we appreciate that spread the word to your friends possibly in your league possibly not in your league but um, you have friends tell them about this great podcast until next time brent we'll see
1: you later good work catch you later chris